We're on a mission from God. And now for something completely different. This is Pastor Jolly John Lekomsky coming to you from New Athens, Illinois. And this is Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark. I'm coming to you from beautiful South St. Louis from my office here at Ascension Lutheran Church. And this is 123 Wrestling, Wrestling with, with the Basics. Basics. Okay. So the last time we recorded, we were in studio together. We could get that, that Wrestling of the Basics, right on every time. But now, again, we're separated by, what, 60, 70 miles. And it doesn't seem like a lot of distance, but apparently it's just enough in the electronics <laughs> to make us hard to coordinate. In fact, as far as electronics are concerned, we had quite the time <laughs> this morning, didn't we, Matt? <laughs> we sure did, Yeah. <laughs> I'm just glad the the uh, we're out of sync, not because of us, John, we discovered that, but because of technology. We can blame yeah. it on technology. That's right. That is one of the nice things about the world we live in now. If something goes wrong, it's not us. It's the computers. <laughs> That's, That's right. In fact, people, if you've ever listened to a Wrestling with the Basics episode that you thought was a little off, it wasn't us. It was the... <laughs> computers. That's right. Um, Entirely computer's fault. Exactly. It it does remind me of a story, if I could just tell it real quick. Uh, uh, Dr. Norman Nagel, you you knew Dr. Nagel. Sure, yeah. Concordia Seminary, you you bet. No, no, never had him for a class. Uh, Yeah, a a longtime professor at Concordia St. Louis had spoken over here at a pastor's conference and apparently had a partial in his mouth. You know, I mean, some kind of teeth work. I don't know what a partial really is. I don't have one. But apparently he did, and he literally got his tongue stuck in his partial. (laughs) And and so for like 15 minutes, the, the conference was paused as he was trying to get his teeth straightened out and everything. But when that was over and done, and when he could talk again, he had the most perfect response. He said, I, what, what does this mean? Does this mean that the Lord didn't want me to speak today? And then he said, but we don't know because we don't have a word of the Lord. Because <laughs> that's how he speaks. <laughs> so so I, I, we're going to assume it was the devil that was trying to mess with us and made it so difficult for us to get this recorded started. But guess what? We're going to give you yet another episode of Wrestling with with the the basics. basics. Even though we can't coordinate it, we can still say it. Matt, I I, I have another strange thing. This is going to be one of those weird episodes because it's it's the middle of January, right? Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. January 15th. And yet I want to talk about Christmas. That's perfectly fine, John. Twelve days of Christmas ended, but that's okay. Yeah. That's all right. And, and, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If I'd known this before Christmas, I would have shared it before Christmas. But I actually didn't find this out until after Christmas. And isn't it, how, how many years have you been doing the ministry, Matt? Uh, let's see, John. Um, 14. Okay. So you've pre- preached on the Christmas story for at least 14 times, plus you had vicarage and uh, field work and all of that stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, all that good stuff. Uh, you bet. So I've done it over 40 years, and you'd think after that there'd be nothing more to learn. 
Of course, maybe I didn't learn much to start off with. Maybe that was the problem. <laughs> but I found out something new, and I just want to share it with you and our listeners about the Christmas story. Uh, and, and I do need to give credit to my own pastor now. My pastor is, is uh, uh, Pastor Lyle Bittner. And, and Pastor Bittner pointed out to me that the grammar, and, and Pastor Bittner, if you know him, he's a grammar geek, okay? <laughs> if you want to know anything about noun, verbs, paraphrastic phrases, anything like that, I'll give you his phone number. Call him up. He can tell you. But he pointed out to me that the grammar in Luke chapter 2, verse 8 is odd. And, and I checked it out, and he's right. It, it's not what you would expect. It's not simple. In fact, it's very complicated and even repetitive. Well, enough talking about it. Let me illustrate. May I, Matt? <laughs> okay. no, that's great. No, and, and I think we all like new insights about the Christmas story. I mean, that's perhaps the most, at least we think it is, the most familiar account, maybe in all of Scripture. And yet to have a new insight about it, I'm excited. That's great. And I don't think that's just unique to you, John, uh, but to all of us, that when we yeah. read the scriptures, there's new insights. And boy, that just brings joy to the study of God's word, for sure. Oh, it really does, because I, 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 this actually came to me in the middle of the night. I have no idea why the Holy Spirit wants to inspire me in the middle of the night. Really, he could do it during the day would be fine with me. <laughs> <laughs> during the waking but, hours. <laughs> yeah, but you're right. When I got up, I said, oh, Lynn, Lynn, I've got to, I've got to share something with you. So let me now share it with all of you. If you could read Luke 2, verse 8. Okay, Luke 2, verse 8. And in the same region... There were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. Okay. Uh, and, and what's interesting, if you read that in the Greek, uh, that, that first phrase is really all we need, isn't it? Uh, that there were, in, uh, there were shepherds in the field. That, that, that's all we really need to know, right? Yeah. yeah. But, but when you read it in the original Greek, you read it the way Luke wrote it, he adds all kinds of more detail. And, and the strange thing is, is most of the detail is actually pretty much redundant, repetitive. For example, so you've got this business about uh, in the same region. And, and the word there in the Greek for region is the word that is normally uh, uh, translated field. So, so it was saying that they're, they're in these fields. And then he says they were field people, the people that live in the fields, okay? So he tells us... That makes sense that they're there then. <laughs> yeah. And so, so why are you telling us that you just told us they were in the fields? Why are you telling us that they're the kind of people that live in the fields? And you get the same thing with that business about... Well, well, how does it say it after shepherds out in the field? What's the phrase that's there in the English? It's the same way in the King James, by the way. What's the phrase there? Did you catch that? Oh, here. Yeah. Well, in Virginia, the, in, the sh in the same reason, there are shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. Yeah, keeping watch. And again, why, why, do, why does it say they're watching? But that actually reflects what's in the original Greek. He uses the word watch twice. It literally says watching, watch of the night. And I'm wondering, well, and by the way, as long as we're there, watching is, by the way, just a wimpy translation. <laughs> uh, name some of the things that you watch. We all watch stuff. What, what kind of stuff do you watch, Matt? Oh, sure. We watch TV. We watch uh, We watch something on our cell phone. We watch a movie. Exactly. Watch a Cardinals game. Watch fireworks. No, the word here in the Greek means to guard something. You know, when I'm watching TV, I'm not guarding my TV. I ha I'm not worried that the TV might wander off or someone might steal <laughs> it. But, but the sense of the word here, it 
It's not just that they were watching their sheep, that they were guarding. They were guarding their sheep. But again, why say it twice? Why did it, Literally, it says the ones guarding, uh, guarding in the night. Why would it say the word guard twice? Uh, uh, and again, do we really need to know that? Because they're shepherds, right? Isn't that what okay, shepherds they're just, do? They're just doing what shepherds do, right? Yeah. So, so when someone does that, Matt, when someone repeats themselves, because Luke is literally repeating himself three or four times in this one little verse, verse eight, why do people usually repeat? What are they trying to accomplish by doing that? Oh, my, my wife always complains about how I repeat myself. <laughs> I know you've already said this, but you know, the reason I repeat myself is you know, to give emphasis, to make sure people are paying attention <laughs> to try to yeah. get a point across. Yeah. Cause that's our concern. Maybe you didn't catch me the first time and I, I'm not trying to say you're stupid or, or that you don't listen to me. Although sometimes they don't. Right, Matt? They just yeah, don't know. listen to us. I know the feeling, John. <laughs> yeah. And they know the feeling as well, don't they? Because <laughs> we don't <laughs> sure always listen. Do. <laughs> so that's what it dawned on me, what Lucas tried to do here. And unfortunately, you don't really catch it in the English. Lucas saying, you need to know something about these shepherds. Okay. So first of all, it's not just that they were in the fields that night, but these are people who spend their lifetime in the fields. These are rural country folk, I guess is another way we could translate it. They're comfortable out there. They're not really comfortable in town. I had a member once, Matt, who said 80 years old he was, living in New Athens, which for those of you that know the geography, we're just, what, a half hour drive from St. Louis. Uh, and yet he's never, ever been, he told me, he'd never, ever been in St. Louis. Didn't That's go incredible. Over, yeah, yeah, didn't go to see the Arch, didn't go to a Cardinals game, had never in his And he said to me, he said, John, you know, I didn't lose anything over there. <laughs> so I didn't have any reason to go over. <laughs> I didn't lose uh, anything. <laughs> That's what he'd say to me. Uh, I had another member who actually had never been to Belleville, which if you, you know, again, you know our area, Belleville oh is kind of a moderate-sized town. Yeah. Uh, but no, no, he'd never been there, had no desire to go there. Don't don't have no need. And and so that's what Luke is telling us. That these are the kind of people that the kind of people that listening to wrestling with the basics. Well, I mean, we make exception for you, Matt. <laughs> but but we know what kind of people live in the city. Honestly, <laughs> we know the things that go on there in the city. It's better to be out here in the country. It's nice. It's quiet. It's peaceful. We don't have all that that uh, problems that you have. <laughs> Clean living out in the country. Of course, we give up uh, the ice cream. I know that Ted Drews, but, you know, there's a sacrifice that you have to make. It's, it's kind of like living on green acres for you, John. I understand. <laughs> Matt, thank you. That's the perfect example. We want to live in green acres. We don't want to live in all the toil and the trouble and problems that come from. And so that's what these people are. They're good, solid, conservative country people. Now, here's the other thing, though. They are these dedicated guarding guard shepherds, okay? Uh, and, and that's necessary because not all shepherds are good, are they, Matt? No, no, no. not necessarily. Just because you're a shepherd doesn't mean you're a good one. Well, because Jesus tells us, he says, you know, some shepherds are just hired men and a wolf comes and they run off right away. They, they run care off nothing right for away. the sheep. Yeah. No, no. Oh, thank you. Because that's the operative word, isn't it? Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd because these are my sheep and I'm watching them. I'm guarding them. I'm taking care of them. Uh, and, and, and so Luke is emphasizing that, 
that these aren't just any shepherds. These are very dedicated shepherds. Uh, in fact, they are the shepherds of the night. They are the guards of the night, it literally says. Because I got to think, that's when it's tough to be a shepherd. Uh, if, you've got, if you've got the day shift on the shepherding, have you ever done the day shift of shepherding? When, 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 you, shepherd. when you worked as a shepherd, which shift did you have? I'm doing the day shift of the shepherding right now, John. Yeah. But, <laughs> as pastor. No, I, no but, literal shepherding. No, I, I have very little experience with literal sheep and shepherding. But, but, it's but if I was one, I would imagine I would want the day shift. Well, because, yeah, you just take them to the still waters and the green pastures, and that's pretty much all there is yeah, to it. Yeah, it's um, warmer, it's safer, right, you know, during, oh, the, during the day. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's easier to keep track of the sheep, I'd imagine. Oh, that's right. You can see them easier. Uh, um, and, and see, the Bible tells us the two chief enemies of sheep are lions, the devil's like a roaring lion, and, and wolves. Jesus says when the wolf yes. comes, the hired man runs away. Uh, and those are both nocturnal animals. Now, now, trust me, the wolf will eat you and the lion will eat you if, if they have opportunity any time of the day. <laughs> okay. But generally, they're out hunting uh, in, in the nighttime. And so that's what Luke is trying to tell us. These are the hardcore nose to the grindstorm watching their sheep, ready to do as a good shepherd does, give up their life if needs be for their sheep. Um and, and I think there's two reasons why Luke is telling us what great guys these are. And I'm thinking they're listeners to Wrestling with the Basics, aren't they, Matt? Seriously. They might very well be. I don't know. Yeah, well, that's the kind of people that listen. we got good, solid, country, conservative, dedicated, uh, working their vocation kind of people. That's who listens to Wrestling with the Basics. Um, and, and that's what Luke is trying to tell us because Luke says, you know, I'm going to give you the eyewitness report. That's what he says in chapter one. And I think he's trying to establish the credibility of these shepherds. Do you know flighty people, Matt? Do you know flighty people? You know what I'm talking but sure, about. Sure, I know a few. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah you know what I'm talking The kind of people that are very, very emotional, uh, the kind of people that have dreams and visions, you know, they, they've got a, they've got some kind of sign from God every other week. You, you, you know, the kind of people I'm talking sure, about. Right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Luke is trying to assure us that's not what we have here. These that's are not, not the shepherds. People. No, they don't generally see visions of angels. <laughs> okay. And if one of these solid conservative nose to the grindstone, hardworking vocational people came up to you and say, pastor, pastor, you won't believe what happened to me. You're going to pay attention to them, aren't you? <laughs> then you stop and take notice. Yeah. Because this is not every other week. This is, this is, a yeah, they've never done this before. You know, if they're telling it to you and they're having this experience, something really, really happened. Okay. And I think Luke also gives us all this detail at the beginning so that we'll be shocked by what they do after they saw the angels. Matt, you remember what they do after they see the vision of angels? You ought to remember the story. You've done it how many times? Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So they. They they don't just stay in the country, right? They go yeah. over. Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's let's go, let's go to Belleville. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go <laughs> right. to St. Louis. <laughs> let's go to St. Louis. Let's go yeah. to Bethlehem. Although Bethlehem probably wasn't a booming no. metropolis, but no. uh, but still, it's it's more city than the fields are. So let's go to Bethlehem, right, and, and see and, this thing that has happened. And in order to do that, what are you going to have to do with your sheep? 
Well, I guess they're on their own, John. Yeah, you're going to leave them out. Uh, and, and I think that's what Luke is trying to say to us is that this was such an impactful thing to these shepherds that they did something they never, ever would have done any other instances, that they wouldn't go to town for one thing, don't want to go to town. They certainly wouldn't leave the sheep. So Luke is saying, don't you realize something really, really significant happened that first Christmas night for these shepherds to do what they did? They do something irrational for a shepherd. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And here's what's interesting. The reason... <laughs> The reason they go to town is because they are this very conservative, this very down to earth, like I said, focused on their work, the hard working, because they don't believe the angels. <laughs> okay. Now, now your flighty people, you get a host of angels showing up, they're buying it right off the bat. In fact, you could have one angel show up, you know? And they're buying it. But these guys say, they say, let's check this out and see if it's true. Because I don't know. I don't know if you can believe a host of angels. For one thing, maybe there wasn't a host of angels. Maybe we dreamt it. Maybe it was something we ate. Or worse, maybe it's of the devil. This could have been a whole host of devils. But we know the devil doesn't lie. So let's go. Let's go in. Uh, I know it's not comfortable for us. I know we've got to leave our sheep. But let's see if this is really true. And of course, it is true. Uh, there, There is a babe lying in a manger. Um and and Matt, I really do think this is like what it is for people that listen to wrestling with the basics. Uh, we aren't impressed by angels. We're not looking for great visions. We're not looking for any kind of glorious sign. Otherwise, why would you be listening to wrestling with the basics? <laughs> right. <laughs> That's right. I think we can guarantee, can't we, Matt, in, in the, the numerous, numerous, what are we, maybe 20 years that we've been doing this, we have never done anything glorious. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's pretty basic. <laughs> yeah. Wrestling with the basics. Thank you for that reminder. Okay. But you see, for us, we're not looking for glory. We're not looking for miraculous signs. All we're looking for is something that the Word of God has directed us to. So for the shepherds, the word of God directed them to a really ordinary thing. In fact, kind of a sad thing, a babe in a manger. Yes, yeah, wow. it's a birth, a birth in the city of David. Yeah, and, and it's a very sad kind of birth. What kind of family can, has to lay their babe in a manger? I guess they couldn't get room in the inn, you know. Uh, um, and so it is with us. Uh, we're just looking for where the, the word of the Lord points us, no matter how common and ordinary it is. Um, so where are some of the common, ordinary things that the Word of the Lord has pointed us to, Matt? Yeah, so uh, to that same baby, right, born in yes. a manger, yep. Uh, yep. to someone who's going to die on a cross, <laughs> common, yeah. ordinary, yeah. even, you know, cursed cross. Uh, and then even still today, the benefits of those things done that seem so common and ordinary are delivered to us in common ways, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Think of uh, absolution. Common, ordinary guys like me and you, John, say you're forgiven. Um, think of baptism, common, ordinary water, uh, and yet we're forgiven there and made a part of the Lord's family. Uh, common, ordinary bread and wine and communion, and yet forgiveness is given there too, and life and salvation. Uh, you know, you're you're almost hard pressed really to find any way that God works that isn't common and ordinary yeah. <laughs> as you yeah. look through the scriptures, and even as you think of how He works even still today. 
And and if there isn't a, a better example of that, I don't know what it is. Wrestling with the basics, about as common and ordinary as Lord you can yes. get. <laughs> yeah. And yet you and I are angels. We are literally angels on this show. You, you're an angel when you go to your people, when you conduct your services, because angel obviously is just a messenger. That's all that word means. Yep. When you read that in the Bible, you need to understand that. You're picturing these glorious beings that shine in the dark and have wings and stuff. But the word angel in the Greek literally says, Simply means one who is a shepherd, um, and, and you know I'm thinking, yeah, we are just like these these shepherds. We're just common, rural, country, conservative, hardworking people. But we also know that we're sinners. And, and when someone told us, "Oh, hey, here's a savior," we thought, "Oh, yeah, we need that," because the truth is, we haven't been really as hardworking as we'd like to make out, and uh, we're not always quite so faithful. We we have our doubts and our questions and. Yeah, so Lord, just tell us where we can find our Savior, and that's where we'll go, and that's what the shepherds do. But I've got to share one more thing that I did not know about this verse, and then we'll finish up today. The word for watch, our guard, that is a common, ordinary word, Matt, that we use all the time in the Scripture, and I don't know why I never realized it was the same word that Luke is using here. For example, it is the word that is used in regards to what we should do with with the law from Leviticus 22:31 so it says so you shall keep my commandments and do them i am the lord can you guess what the word keep is there you should keep my commandments yeah uh, the greek word yeah yeah but well, i don't need to know the greek word just what's the same word that we have in our text oh yeah yeah keeping uh yeah keeping watch yeah yeah, yeah. keeping watch yeah uh, philoso, I think it is. I'd have to look it up. But but yeah, so that's what they're doing. They're, they're watching. And this is what God says we're supposed to do with his word. In fact, Jesus mm-hmm. says, blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Keep it. Okay. Yeah. So by the way, for us, these hardworking shepherds with our, 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 our conservative ways, it's not just about doing. It's not just about obeying. Anybody can obey. No, no, we keep the law. We treasure it. We guard it. We watch over it. It's important to us. That's the law that God has given us. And that's our attitude about it. It's something that you you guard and you treasure and you keep. But here's the other neat thing about that word philosophy. It's not only what God tells us we need to do about his word, right? Keep the word. But it's also what he says he does for us, right? Mm-hmm. Psalm 121.4, Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. See, God is a night night shepherd too. See, uh, he doesn't quit when the sun goes down. No, he is watching over you and me all the time, protecting us, caring for us. In fact, I really like that image of the night shepherd because at the very time when we feel the most vulnerable, Matt, when we are most frightened, when maybe we're most worried and having doubts and wondering, is God still there? Is God watching over us? And the clear testimony of the scripture, that is precisely when God, Jesus, is with you, watching over you. Because that's the kind of shepherd he is. He is the good shepherd. In fact, I read across this passage in Job. And talk about a guy who had problems, right? Talk oh, about yeah, a, guy Job. Had, a guy who had reason to doubt whether God was still watching over him. Oh, man, he had all kinds of a host of reasons. And yet Job says, you have granted me life and steadfast love, and your care has guarded. Literally, again, same word, philosophy, watched over my spirit. So um, 
I don't know why I never noticed that before either, that the word there that's used for keeping watch, or I, I prefer guarding, uh, that's the word that the Bible uses repeatedly for what Jesus does for you and me. And, and especially, again, I like to think of it during the nighttime when I am scared and I am afraid and I'm doubting. That's when the word of God comes and says, don't worry, you're a good shepherd. He's there guarding you just like these shepherds guarded the sheep. Uh, back there in uh, the day of Christmas. Uh, any final comments, Matt? Thank you for letting me share something that I never knew before. Isn't that incredible? I'd never. Yeah, that's great, that. John. Yeah, very nice. Yeah, I think of Psalm one twenty one too. You know that He who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. You know He yeah. who keeps who guards doesn't slumber or sleep. That's that's a beautiful reminder for each one of us, especially in the, the dark of night. So uh, we're glad that we're a little late, <laughs> but then again, this is wrestling with the basics. We <laughs> we don't always do things in sequence, but we hope that uh, we've given you some good things to think about here as you contemplate uh, the Christmas we just celebrated a few weeks ago. Uh, and, and we certainly do hope and pray that everyone has a very, very blessed new year. Uh, this has been Pastor Jolly John Lekumski. And Pastor Matt Youngblood-Clark. And this has been... Wrestling, wrestling with, with the, the basics. basics.